Bet you thought you were getting a podcast, didn't you? <laughs> Just kidding. Before this episode, I wanted to let you know that this Sunday, the 20th of August, we're hosting a pop-up at Patricia Coffee Brewers, and I would love for you to come. We're going to have coffee from black and white coffee roasters in the US, and some under-the-counter stuff from the Australian barista champion Jack Simpson and his team at Axel Coffee Roasters, and more. What I need you to do is bring one friend with you, meet us at Patricia Coffee Brewers in the city from 9am to 4pm, buy a bunch of coffees and have a great time. So that's Sunday, the 20th of August at Patricia Coffee Brewers, 9am to 4pm. Thank you so much for coming and thanks once again for tuning in. Enjoy the podcast and as always, stay cool. I don't need you to tell me how fucking good my coffee is, okay? I'm the one who buys it. Would you like to come upstairs for some coffee? No, no, thanks. I can't drink coffee late at night. It keeps me up. <laughs> Welcome back. It's the Sub-Zero Coffee Podcast, and I'm joined by Rowan Cook. Hello. Of, of Golden Brown Coffee. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming to my apartment. We're set up here with the full studio. I feel so professional. Yeah, yep. And, and can I, I said this before we started recording, but you have a wonderful voice for podcasting, radio... Oh, so, thank you very much. As I was saying, I may be getting a little bit sick, so I think it's uh, just getting a little bit deep, a little bit husky. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm uh, going to be on, you know, uh, the golden oldies. We're coming back here with mm. a bit of Prince. Well, I just got the new Zelda game, and I probably need a week off work. Um, so if you want to sort of kiss, make out later, and give me a bit of COVID if you've got that. Um, Mate, if, more, if, more if we happy. can just, maybe we can also hang out together and just play Tears of the Kingdom, because I need to put some serious hours in. I'm Have you got it? You. Oh, absolutely. No shit. Absolutely. How hard is it? Oh, mate, well, were you Breath of the Wild? I've, I've played a bit of Breath of the Wild, so I was I, I haven't played since Majora's Mask. Okay, yeah, no, I did Breath of the Wild, so uh, I had a bit of, uh, bit of experience built up there. Okay, because in this, and we'll, we'll touch on this for a minute, let's just give ourselves a minute here, <laughs> you know, business and pleasure. Um, you can, there's this new ability called Ultra Hand, right? Yep. And so, like, in the older Zelda games, you know, you've got a few abilities, you know, you've got the hookshot, arrows and stuff like that, and go, go fight melee battles, whatever. But in this game, it's like, you can battle, there's the sky, there's the surface, there's the underground, and then you've got these abilities, now you can do Ultra Hand, when you can, you can literally build anything you can put your imagination to. Absolutely, and everything that you think that you can actually build really works with the gravity with planes with yeah. you know robots yeah. um it's it's pretty crazy how big that game is i would have said for you it's a big jumping off point if you haven't played breath of the wild it's huge i um, like i've had to watch so i've put the amount of hours i've put into watching youtube tutorials i'm just like <laughs> you know you know you see those um memes online where it's like at alan's head off the hangover and he's doing all those calculations oh yeah that's yeah. what's going through my head i'm like jesus christ i saw someone build like a giant laser cannon like walking thing and I'm like Jesus Christ yeah the things that I've seen built I mean you know a lot of them inappropriate memes sent across on Instagram and that very funny but mm. people's uh, people's imaginations running wild in that game yeah and look if you listen to this and you know when we post about it you, you've had a listen please leave in the comments some tips for fellow uh, Tears of the Kingdom players it's hard out there if, you know we need to support our common common friends so um, which I'm sure you can agree with one other story I have before we get going here yeah um I've got this memory, and I was telling you, I was like, I won't tell you until the podcast starts. But I love the sizzle. You're giving me sizzle before the podcast. Yeah, and, and you're, you're, I'm walking in here, and I've got flashbacks. But you live in an apartment. Yep. In uh, Collingwood, one of the sort of inner suburbs of Melbourne. Yep. Just don't give out the address. We're good. We won't. Um, <laughs> my apologies, but um, uh, so last year, yep. uh, in a building near this, let's just say, 
Um, Sierra and Matt, so Matt Winton and his partner Sierra, who and his, his partner was competing in the World Brewers Cup. Yep. Um, they stayed in an Airbnb. Uh, schematics design, exactly the same as your apartment. Anyway, inside the laundry, you see how you've got that little cupboard door there? Oh, yeah, a little French laundry, yeah. French laundry, and then you've got the door to the bathroom itself. Yep. Uh, well, there was a dryer on top of the washing machine, but the dryer fell off the top of the washing machine because it was rumbling so much they were drying some clothes. And then it shut that door. And so then they couldn't open the other door. So there was this like debacle. It was like, well, how do we go to the bathroom? How do they have out of the shower? Anyway, so we were watching a run through. Lance Hedrick was there. You know Lance, yeah, the, yeah, the YouTuber? Course, and so he's, he's there to give some feedback. And then um, who else was there? Uh, Luca, Luca, Luca Coffee Notes. Yep. Uh, and then I was there. And then we watched, we watched the run through. And then Matt Winton's dad, who's from Townsville or Cairns, somewhere in North Queensland, true blue Australian. He rocks up with a toolkit and he's like, oh boy, how are we going to get this sorted? So anyway, it ended up being like 45 minutes of Lance Hedrick, who's, you know, barefoot, just on his (laughs) hands and knees. They're trying to work out how to get the the door open and the washing machine, the dryer. I don't know how they did it in the end, but it was funny. Lance, famously barefoot, I can see it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, he's, he's... Prowess is not limited to coffee. It's um, you know, no. Hen- I'm sure Hen- he would have started taking apart the dryer, being like, "Well, you see this component here. Mm. What's really interesting about this is you're going to get a better extraction for mm. your. Uh, <laughs> and if you just put lint. this right here, you'll get a better flow rate. <laughs> no, he's a he's a very he's a very nice guy, um, and we love Lance. Oh, he's lovely. Shout out to him. Yeah. Um, how are you? I'm doing really well. Mm. I'm doing well. We're uh, we've been busy. We've been pumping out. Content, doing lots of work. I'm heading up to Sydney this week, so I'm on. What are you Friday. doing there? Just just a weekend away. Just haven't had a holiday in a very long time, and just uh, me and the partner are heading up to Sydney just for a few days off. You know. Have you got dinner booked? Um, I've got one dinner booked at Nomad. Ooh. Um, but then any other recommendations? I really wanted to go to. Is it Fire Door? Um, but. Yeah, no reservations available. I was okay. too late on that one. You should not leave Sydney unless you've been to Polly. Now, if you're listening to this uh, anywhere in the world, Polly, P-O-L-Y, best food and wine in Sydney um, you'll have. Okay, I will uh, try to book that for mm. the uh, Thursday or the Friday night. Yeah. Then go see my friend Alex Murphy at Honor in Sydney. They do a great job, DeLuca Coffee. Um, yep. Yeah, no, no shortage of good places. But um, we're here to talk about Golden Brown. Now, you are, of course, the Golden Brown guy. Your name's Rowan Cook, but... You know, I think everyone will just affectionately call you the, the golden brown guy. Golden brown guy or coffee guy or TikTok coffee guy. Yeah. Um, let, it's, a very famous, it's a very famous platform. Um, and I want to know, before we get into how you became so successful, successful in that, how did you get your start in coffee? Why, why are you interested in coffee? So I think I've always um, just had an interest in, like, food, in beverage. Um, my dad especially was a bit of a... Foodie growing up and he, uh, even him, he had like the classic Seiko home espresso machine and Mm. I used to as a kid make him the coffee and, you know, take him that up in the morning and I always loved the smell of it when I was brewing. I was like, oh, brewing coffee is the best smell ever. And then as a kid, I'd try to have a sip and I'd be like, oh, this is revolting. Mm. Um, But then I got into uh, restaurants. I was working at George's um, in Camberwell. That's an institution. Yep. Yep. Mm. So that was my first job as 18 years old and... um, they whipped you into shape. And then that was when I started making coffee, got behind the bar there. And then from there, um, it was just loved it. I, I think I loved uh, something with coffee, and this is me in general in life, is that there's no such thing as perfection with it. It can always be better. It can always be improved upon. And so when I was working a job, I loved something where it's like, oh, the next one can be better. The next one can be better. 
um, trying all the different coffees. And then you got, you know, that love of wanting to master latte art, wanting to taste all the different coffees and getting into pour overs, you know, that kind of progression that uh, different people go through. It's, uh, it's interesting you say that. My first job was in Camboyle as well. Uh, oh, there you go. A place called Miss Frank. Yeah. Working for a gentleman named Eamon Sheehan. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, they're, a petit- they're a sophisticated bunch around there. Like, it's, it's pretty brutal. Some people walk in, see who's making it, and if you're new, they walk straight out. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've, I've found, found that very fascinating. And so from, from George's, you went on where? I went, so I was at George's and I went to Snow Pony in Baldwin because I was living around that, that kind of area. So Is that still standing? I think it's still around, definitely not the same owners. Mm. Um, so that was Jason Jones back in the day. So they did Porgy and Mr. Jones. Um, uh, uh, I've heard of this. Yep, yep, um, and a few more of those. Um, and then I went on to, you know, going from there, that was kind of my first taste of specialty coffee. And then I wanted to go and work somewhere cool and, and you know, up and coming. So went to Three Bags Full, um, where I worked under Jamie Thompson, where I met my business partner now, Sonam Sherpa. Shout out Sonam Sherpa. Um, and then from there, worked with them at Top Paddock. Um, but that was all while I was studying um, advertising at university. Um, but even once I got my first job in advertising, I just loved coffee so much that on a Saturday I'd be like, I'm going to come in and do the, the Saturday shift just because I want to be making coffee at Top Paddock and doing that. Um, I was hated by a few of the other baristas because um, – Tolman was just like, yeah, mate, please come in. And I was like, but I don't have that much time. He's like, come in once it's open, so miss the whole setup. And then once 2 o'clock hits, you can go home. So I didn't have to do any pack down. So all the other baristas were just like... Fly in, fly out worker. Yeah, 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 the rock star shift. All the other, they were just like, mate, can you do, you know, the clothes today? And I'm like, nah, sorry, guys, got to yeah. go. I already worked five days this week. Yeah, you would have been playing whatever Zelda was out at that time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and um, so... <laughs> You've cut your teeth at some pretty busy um, coffee establishments in Melbourne, and from there you moved on to a sort of full-time advertising career. Yeah, I went full-time, full-time advertising. I was in um, San Francisco for maybe seven or eight years uh, and then came back during COVID, and that's when I started Golden Brown Coffee. Okay, so this is, this is, this is where many good sort of content platforms, YouTube channels, Instagram pages, podcasts yeah, uh, were born. Yeah. Um, what was day one of Golden Brown? Like, where did the idea come from, for starters? And then what was your first video? Like, what was the steps from, you know, idea to now you're making a video? What, 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 what happened there? So, I mean, I'd seen the popularity of TikTok taking off when I was over in the States um, doing some campaigns there, and I'd seen how big and powerful it could be. It wasn't quite as big in Australia when I, when I got back. So I knew that I was like, that's something that's really, like, cool to get into and maybe kind of the next up-and-coming platform of what we're doing. We came back and I was with my friends Sonam Sherpa and, and Mike Sullivan and we were like throwing around ideas and Mike was even starting the, um, the coffee with us at the start but his, um, his um, plants, plant business, plant steak business is going so gangbusters that he kept on doing that. This is the guy that used to be the green buyer for Prouds? Yes. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Um, so we were all kind of doing it but we were also like with um, Sonam and that who has a furniture company, we were looking at making like Furniture, designing recycled plastic furniture. Um, it was kind of like this high-end design furniture. We are also like, oh, it'd be cool to do something with coffee. Maybe we start out by doing some videos. So the furniture was really going to be the, the, the business. Um, and then very quickly we realised that the, the videos about coffee were, were doing well yeah. um, and that that quickly became, you know, the point of our interest and, you know, where we saw the real potential for that, that business. Um, 
I mean, we we started off. Um, we ha- we <laughs> we've still got the deck and the whiteboard where we wrote it all down. We were like, by the end of year one, we want to have um, up to five thousand followers. Uh, we want to have sold, you know, x amount of coffee and done this. Where'd you get to after year one? Um, on TikTok, it might have been about. 180 or 200,000 and on so you went well above projection yeah well well above five five thousand um which was great and um it really spoke to kind of the the business that we'd set up and how we'd wanted to do it because one of the big things of all the brands that i've worked for is the reason for why you exist and what you're doing and most brands just want to make a instagram or a tiktok where it's a picture of their product or this is our thing or this is what it is and our aim is as golden brown was not to be a coffee company it was kind of be this coffee media company with this mission of like everyone deserves a great cup of coffee and a lot of people don't know how to make that there's a lot of different like pretentious nature in coffee and that kind of stuff so it was just like you've got a home machine even if it's 300 bucks 200 whatever let me show you how to get the most out of your coffee using that machine so so go deeper for me everyone deserves a good cup of coffee what does that mean in practice like if you're if if that's your why on your whiteboard i imagine maybe you broke this down what, what does that mean and who does that reach out to? Not just the home machine, who, who else? That reaches out to anyone in any kind of level of, of what you're doing. So if it's instant coffee, if it's pod coffee, it's all the way up to geshes and you know crazy expensive coffees and all that kind of thing. It's just like, let's get the most that we can out of the coffee. We've kind of looked at, we kind of set ourselves up as a start. I was like, it's kind of like the Jamie Oliver of of coffee, right? Where it's like, Jamie Oliver is an amazing chef. He has so much knowledge. He could make you the best, most expensive truffle pasta, whatever that you wanted. But a lot of his content was around like, what have you got in the fridge? Let's mm. use it. Let me show you how to get the most out of those ingredients that you have left over. Hey, if you've got a bit of um, this out in the garden, let me show you how to make a great tart out of it. And so it's kind of a similar thing here where it's like, I also felt like there was a lot of kind of gatekeeping and like separation of like the barista and specialty coffee world and kind of the punter at home and I kind of want to just like bridge that divide and help people get the most out of it. I mean, even with our, our main coffee, our signature blend that we're doing, that's one of the ways that we're helping everyone have a good cup of coffee because you know what? Some of the best coffees you have at the best cafes aren't going to taste great on a $200 Breville or Sunbeam or whatever it is, or it's going to be a lot harder to extract the right flavors out of that. So we designed the coffee. We picked one that was like, more soluble, easier to grind. Um, it's it's more lenient. So if it's under or over extracted, it's still going to be that kind of coffee flavor that you know, and it's not going to be super sour and bright or in your face, or it's not going to be super bitter. Um, going to mix well with um, milk, and so that's one way that we did it. There, we've also designed cups that make it easier for you to pour latte art of the right shape that stack easier on your machine. Um, because we know that a lot of people don't have space. So it was kind of hitting all these pain points and, and that and just trying to give people the best options. And you don't even have to buy our coffee. You know, the other option is just watch the content online and we'll, you know, show you how to get the most out of it. Like I spend hours just in my DMs, just chatting with people, them sending me videos and pictures of their extraction, you know. And this is someone in, I don't know, London who you know isn't buying out Luxembourg yeah Mm. like messaging and they're sending me videos I'm going oh change the grind to this try this try this you're using a you know a a pressurized basket switch out the basket um so yeah it's just a lot of time and trying to add value for the for the customer and trying to help everyone just get the the most out of the coffee that they can yeah and so you find yourself engaging with a lot of people in many different ways I spend 
way too many hours just trying to <laughs> help people and do stuff. And I need to find a better way where it's like I have like basic frequently asked question videos where I can just direct people to, which is part of like the plan and like getting there. Golden Brown Chat GPT? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. just, and I mean, just put me in, yeah, Rowan Chat GPT, Rowan GPT, get it, get it happening. All right, so you... So you you must have hit your target audience. I imagined it's kind of like one of those things when it rains, it pours, right? So you probably didn't get to 5,000 for a while and then when you did, it just like, okay, now the next day you're at 10 or is, is that kind of how it happened or? Yeah, absolutely. There's, um, I mean, we did probably in the first month it was on, because on TikTok you can just go like ham very quickly and we were, we were just on TikTok to start. Um and I think I did one video about chasing hearts. And that, that kind of speaks to that target audience of speaking to a broad audience of, hey, you can't do latte art or latte art is hard. Here's a really easy way to do latte art that's like a bit of a cheat. And that got like 250,000. I remember just watching it at that time being like, oh my gosh, like it just keeps going up and up and up. And from that one video, we got like 20,000 followers or something like that, which was just like mind boggling at the time. Um, and so then it was just really catering that that content about like, helping what are the pain points that I've gone through I've been both the barista in the cafe and I've been the home barista for those eight years that I wasn't working working on the different machines so I've learned a lot I'm passing on a lot of that knowledge from both sides um, and when you're adding value for those viewers like it's so much easier to follow I'm not gonna if it's just someone saying look at my coffee it's like I, I don't really want to follow that but if it's someone going oh, I need to follow that account because they tell me how to store the beans they tell me how to grind it they tell her this kind of stuff there's like a reason to to want to follow that um and then really, I mean, we just started moving the content. We're like, let's just start posting those reels on Instagram and see what happens. And that was super slow to start. It was, you know, 800 views, 1,000 views, 800 views. And then all of a sudden, then it was 10,000 views. And mm. then they were all 10,000 views and, you know, and so it's, on and so forth. It's, 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 a, it's interesting that, you bring, that we touch on this because I'm really good friends with um, Daniel Dobra who uh, is an ex-St. Alicia, Dobbers, and he had this experience where he was doing uh, point-of-view cooking during COVID, and then I think he got a lot of more followers. He probably got up to like 5,000 followers, if if I remember correctly. He'll probably uh, message me and correct me. But then I think he took a break, and then he started doing it again when he's moved up to the Sunshine Coast, and he's doing remarkably well up there. Um, I want to travel to the Sunshine Coast just to go eat where uh, where he's working, Market Bistro. Um, Anyway, so... Uh, fast forward to now, he's got 400,000 followers on Instagram. Yep. And then take it to another level, you've got Andy Herndon, um, yep. who was also a St. Ali head St. chef. St. Ali, spitting him out. Yeah, but you know what? He's got a remarkable story, and it's not mine to tell, but I hope I get to... He, he's he's really... Um, he, he's come. He's gone through a lot as a person to get to where he is now, and it's just one of the best things to see. Well, um, I would love to chat with him and hear that sometime, because he is... Uh, he's lovely. He We've only kind of chat through comments and and um a few dms and that kind of stuff but mm. he's always one of those guys even with all that fame like he was always reaching out commenting making sure to like you know mm. chat back and forth um seems like a lovely dude well his last job before he was doing this he was working as an executive chef before for an airport sort of group so they had multiple restaurants in their portfolio and I bumped into him at Auckland Airport in New Zealand um, right. once. So I was just walking by doing my thing and I just hear, hey, Kirk, hey, bro. And then I turn around and there's Andy <laughs> and he goes, come in. And he fed me and had me on my way while I was delayed. It was awesome. Just yeah. one of those nice things. So, And he, he was the, sh- the head chef there. And that was a particularly good era of um, hospitality in Melbourne as well. Like, 
Amazing. Um, uh, you know, you had him uh, making food at St. Ali and, and all the food that he makes online, and he's he's just released a cookbook. So yeah, let's—I uh, mean, little humble old Sub Zero podcast play available his cook- now in all good bookstores and yeah, wherever. You yeah, no, but you couldn't you couldn't support a better person. Yeah. Like there's there's uh, he's he's such a genuinely nice person, and so is, uh, Daniel Dobber, and they deserve yeah. all the success they Absolutely. get. Absolutely, I've Most- wanted to I've wanted to do for a while a bit of a um a bit of a a, a friendly spoof of his um, TikTok model or doing that where it's just me behind the machine going. Hey babe, what mm. coffee do you want for breakfast? And then just cut to me on the couch in a blonde wig, being like, "Oh, I'll have a flower." I mean, I don't know whether that will come across offensive to him or have a laugh, but I always thought it could be a bit of fun. He's a good sport. I reckon okay. he'll. Uh, I reckon he'll go for it. Well, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Do, click. Can I? Can I be the the blonde girl? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, sweet. I would love that. That'd yeah. be great. Well, let's. Hey, let's set that up. If he has any complaints through the DMs, I'm going to clip this part of the podcast and send it to him, saying that you said it was a great idea. Okay. Well. Um, Happy, happy, happy to happy to go on board with that, and um, you know, not that he really, he, not that I have anywhere near the listenership that he does, but he's got he's got like I think last time I checked, two point nine million followers on Instagram. Yeah. Um, but yeah, go check him out if you don't, haven't already. That's Andy Cooks. Um, all right, so back to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm much more interested in talking about other people. Uh, oh well, I mean, we, we we can get to that, but so we've covered off one year. You got to X amount of followers. Um, one thing, I went and spoke to a mutual friend of ours to try and get some information on you yesterday. One Daniel Dick, yes. owner of Nigel Fine, yeah. Nigel, uh, Nigel Fine Coffee, is that what he calls yeah. it? Anyway, so he's, it's, yeah, he, he's doing tremendously well as well. Incredible. A successful Such businessman. A guy. And honestly, one of the best guys to work with and for. Um, but he told me some information about you. And one thing you said that struck me was that you were doing point of view videos. Mm-hmm. And at one point you switched to being behind the camera. Yes. As in, does he just mean what we started at? Because I've done a few of those kind of point of view of making the coffee and doing that. But for the first six months to year, I would say, I wasn't in the videos. It was all just hands and on the machines and doing that. Um, And then at a certain point, we flipped to me actually being in the videos. You're Um, the talent. Yeah, well, I think the reason was, and we still need to get to it, we we were at that point talking about making the transition to YouTube and it felt weird. It felt easy on TikTok and Instagram to just be machines and hands and doing all this kind of stuff. But on YouTube, it was like, uh, apart from like babish, I was like, you kind of need someone to look at when you're doing a 15 minute long tutorial about talking about stuff. And so, it why? Was, what's the what's the method, the science behind that, or the the empirical evidence? I think it's less science um, because obviously someone like binging like with babish did it for such a long time where it was just his head cut off and and just doing that. It was more so um, just shooting in landscape and the ease of it. And also we had to fill so much time with showing what was happening with the machinery and doing quick cuts and all that kind of stuff. And it's so much easier if you just have a camera filming someone talking. Like the amount of time that when you do these tutorials where you're cutting to the different angles of the machine above three quarter angle front on, then the shot of me, like it just adds so much time to the process of making it. When you're trying to pump out sometimes five to seven videos a week, um, it's just time-consuming. Um, so it was also just this ability to to save a bit of time, um, and especially if we're going to YouTube and landscape, just uh, making it a bit easier. And so at what point did it become a full-time thing? I'm, I imagine you would have absolutely hustled at those early stages to, you know, you're working and then doing this as well. Perhaps it was different. What, at what point did it become a full-time thing for, for you and your business partner? Well, it became, we were both doing the furniture and doing that, but to be honest, um, it was 
th- those two businesses that we started were kind of full time coming straight out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it took a little while to set up and it was doing that. But with the, the brand deals, with the background that I had, I was kind of just like hustling out of the gate. And, you know, there are obviously now that we have the followers, brands are coming to us and, and we're setting that up. But at the start, I knew, I knew that people working for brands, I'd been that person sitting there going, oh, I don't have time to think about the socials. What content am I making? What am I doing? So I was pretty much looking at the brands I wanted to work with, making a deck, writing a script and being like, hey, here are three videos that I can make for you. At this time, we've got 30,000 followers, whatever it is. Um, it'll cost you this much. I'll make you these three videos and you can use them on your channels as well. And like most of them were just like, yeah, please. Well, it's kind of like you've done the work for them, yeah, right? Uh, they, it's, it's approved. They can show someone, look what I made. I did this thing. It's, it really performed well. I, I, I worked with a guy once um, and so worked with the guy. So when I worked for St. Ali, I used to do a bit of the radio. Uh, they used to have a connection with Triple M Radio. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things they did was like the, you had you'd, we'd go there and we'd make coffee for the Triple M Hot Breakfast, which at that time was Eddie Maguire, Luke Beveridge and Will Anderson, who are all famous Australians. Yep. One day I kind of got in at his ear. I was like, hey, you know, if I want to sort of be a success in my own right, what, what should I do? He, got, he just looked at me and he said, mate, go to your boss with a solution. Don't go with a problem. Go with a solution. And it kind of, it kind of sounds like that's what you've done all, done there. So you've made the pitch. This is what's going to do. Uh, what it will do. I'll, it'll cost you this much. Uh, you expect to get this much yield out of it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Is that is that fair to say? That is exactly it. And I would say that eighty percent of them, ninety percent of them, have all happened. Of when you you know you take that time, you do the work, you put it in. If you're offering a solution to someone. Um, it's just so easy to say yes. It's like, of course, why wouldn't I do that? Mm. Um, and so if that was the first bit where we were pushing and we had the ability, we were, we were selling coffee early on, but we we're also pushing some of that brand work and that stuff. So that was helping kind of... Um, and it also probably didn't hurt that you were credentialed in the field, right? So you've, you've got a background in advertising and you can sort of... you've you can break it down for them in, in layman's terms. Or, absolutely. And mm. I've seen all the pain points of that kind of thing as well. So um, I knew what what they'd be looking for. Um, I knew what kind of messaging and what they'd want to be like saying about the products and how it would be done. Um, and yeah, I just thought we could do it that way. And so that's, you know, um, we're, we're also looking at starting um, a, uh, we've, we've, we've set up a new studio um, just recently in Carlton. We've mm-hmm. um, took over an old uh, pizza shop. Ooh. We've set it up there. So one of the other things that we're setting that up for is we knew that clients in food, everything is often too slow and too expensive because you have to hire food stylists, you have to hire um, locations, you have to hire kitchens, you have to do all these kind of things. And so if we can go to the client and be like, hey, we can make you this video about food or beverage or whatever it is, and it can be produced in a week, um, those kind of turnaround times in the industry aren't possible. Normally those kind of things are monthly times, like really long turnaround. So we kind of want to help set up that time that we can move quick, we can solve problems quickly, um, and we can help people get out of a pinch. There was another client who messaged us the other day that I don't, I won't name them because I don't know if it's a confidential, but Let's not. They, they just reached out and they're like, hey, we need to get this picture into this major publication in the next um, four days. We need to have the finished work done. Can you help me out? I need photos of this thing done. Absolutely. I can shoot it tomorrow. We can have it retouched the following day. And if you have any notes, we'll do them the next day and it's done. And so... Um, yeah, just setting up that ability to help solve problems um, for the clients has been really important. 
So Golden Brown, this is, I'm learning a lot being here, yeah. um, and, and the listeners would as well. So Golden Brown, you're doing, I kind of referred to yesterday as like a multi-format platform or for coffee. So, you know, you're doing YouTube, you've got TikTok, you've got Instagram, you're selling. So, and this is, this is something I, I meant to say before as well. You can kind of have the golden brown experience anywhere in the world, right? So you can you're doing the videos, you're demonstrating how to do it, you're selling the product exactly as you've got it. So I can see there you've got a golden brown bag behind you, mm-hmm. looks fantastic. Thank you. Um, and then you can do the cups. Have you got jugs coming? Yeah, we're looking at jugs. Um, we're designing a tap mat at the moment. Um, here's one I prepared earlier. So Ooh. this is a little prototype of a tamp mat nice and small as well yeah so that's just designed for small apartment living all the tamp mats you get at the moment are giant they've got giant logos all over them all these things it's like this is modern small fits in an apartment doesn't get in the way that that curvature right there on the edge is 58 millimeters so it's the exact same curvature as the tamp yeah right Okay, well, this is fascinating. You know what this is reminding me of? Yeah. And I don't know why it's reminding me of this. It's not really relevant in the same way. Are you a Seinfeld fan? Yeah, absolutely. Do you remember the episode where Kramer paints over the lanes on the highway and then he calls it the comfort lanes? And then Elaine's going at the end of the episode. She's like, oh, geez, this is nice and cozy. This is comfortable. I don't know why your tan mat's reminding me of that, but it's like the same experience, right? exactly what we are. We're trying to make a comfortable experience. Mm. And I love that. Yeah. um, And and so you, you mentioned before... Some brands started coming to you. Mm-hmm. Are you. Can you give me like some of your favorites that you've worked with? Like I can see you've got a linear micro up there. Yeah. Um, fantastic looking machine. Yep. So um, Lamazocco, um, obviously working with them, they've been great. And that was a similar kind of thing. I think I might have reached out to them at the start, but early on, and they said, we'll chat you in three months when we've got this. And they did. They came back. They hooked us up with the micro. We've been doing some great videos working alongside them um, and we've actually got big stuff I don't know if I can talk about it I probably shouldn't but there's good stuff happening next year working with them we work with um, Milk Lab who are lovely and again this is the best thing about these brand partnerships is a lot of them I've reached out to because they're brands I like Mm. and I'm like hey I like (laughs) you know your arm milk I use your machine I grew up working on linears in the cafes and that kind of stuff so um, it's great to kind of work with brands where you're like happy to to sell that product and to talk about it, um, you know, and be kind of honest in, in what you're talking about when you do it. Mm. Um, yeah. And it's fascinating to me because you, you do a bit of work with Breville too. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. We, to, again, we were talking about being the um, Jamie Oliver of, of, uh, of coffee and that kind of thing. But we also look at it as like the top gear of coffee when it's like, when we talk to all the brands, it's like, we want to show every type of machine where everyone deserves a good cup of coffee. I have all the machines because I want to show people how to do the best steaming with them because they're all slightly different. I want to show how to get the best extraction, all the tips and tricks. So we've done work with everyone, with DeLonghi, with Sunbeam, with Breville, mm. Amazoko. Um, Sounds like someone's someone's broken into something somewhere. We've got some sirens yeah, going off. No, nah, the, uh, the good podcast alert's gone in and they're just sending someone to come and get us. Hold on. This content's too good. Hands up. <laughs> this is a great bit. Yeah. Um, no, I like it. Um, okay, because I'm, I'm in the market for a single group coffee machine. It must be nice having one at home. Yeah, it's mm. it's. I mean, it's nice having one. And then this is like, you know, people, I often get people being like, can you send me that machine? Because it's, people get like annoyed that we have so many. But I'm on the opposite side where I'm like, 
I have a storage cage downstairs of about 15 coffee machines <laughs> and it's like losing um, the ability to be able to store all of them and do it. And I would, I'd be happy to, I'd want to give them away when I have doubles, I will give them away and I do give away a bunch of machines. But at the moment I'm you trying You can still to, one at my house if you need, yeah, if you really if, need. If you want to borrow it and then if I need to shoot content with it, I can come and pick it up or just shoot at yours, yeah. then I'm fine with it. Mate, done. I've got an island bench top. Yeah, absolutely. It's not as sexy as yours, but it'll... It'll get it'll get the job done. Absolutely, I don't. It doesn't need to be sexy. Just authentic, you know. Well, just like I, me. Yeah, yeah not you're sexy, authentic. authentic. Hey, no, you're a good-looking guy. <laughs> oh, thank you so yeah, much. No, so you, are you? You got a, you got a bit of silver. Fox. How old are you? Uh, I'm 34. 34. Yeah. Okay, you're doing really well for 34. I'm 28. You know, going. I'll be 29 next month or August. So don't look at David, 25. Oh God, mate. <laughs> This is, it's a shame this is a podcast medium because I'm looking at a chiseled jaw over here. Oh, Great looks. God, well, I mean, you, you guys don't want to know what's going on after this podcast. <laughs> I mean, um, rolling off to making me a Negroni. I mean, let, let's, let's not go there. Yeah. But I would say one of your strengths is yeah. breaking down complex information and simplifying it and presenting it to people. So, you know, you've got things like in, in, your, in your videos, how to make an espresso martini better, how to make latte art better. But then you've got something like, you know, Paragon Balls um, and, you know, Frozen Coffee. And I had a lot of people hit me up about the Frozen Coffee one. That's probably where I've, like, you know, I'd seen, uh, I'd seen a bunch of it. I think my favourite video of yours, though, is the one where you, the milk foam one. So they offer you where you say, you know, the foam is really all the same. Um, oh yeah so, was that when i said that like every coffee was the same is it yeah that one? and i shared that and you know a lot of my friends got around it and shared it as well it's like i think you're scratching everyone's itch here yeah yeah i think that was part of the thing i got to work in um cafes where we've had all these conversations and done a lot of that stuff before where you know you can bring up the question of like are all coffees really just the same we're just ordering different sizes um a cafe's just giving you full cream milk when you're ordering a skinny. Mm. <laughs> you know, all the kind of things that we've chatted about um, in, in cafes, I can kind of um, voice. And you get a lot of people like, hey, this is the hospo secrets. Mm. <laughs> Quiet down. Yeah, well, I mean, who cares? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, content. but what, 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 do you, what do you think about the state of coffee at the moment? Like, Because to be honest, I feel like coffee... I find I've got less and less good places to go to nowadays uh, compared to what I used to, and I kind of feel like we're going backwards in a way. Like we we've got so many so many new innovations and things like that. But one thing that specialty coffee or coffee in general hasn't got right is not so much the technology and the equipment, but the people, the people side of things. Like you know, just training people to an elementary standard, having a standard, um, and I think I guess that's a hard thing to have in practice for the industry, but. Got any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's so funny looking at, like, my idea of the state of coffee and what I'm looking at is probably so different of, like, I'm I'm so ingrained in this, like, online world of coffee and, like, everything is happening there. But I definitely agree with the training side. I think the training side was always a, a difficult thing that, like, the amount of people that would – and when you were talking about before, like, breaking down videos into really simple terms and doing that kind of stuff, I always found even when I was working as a barista – um, at the different cafes, I always loved that like teaching part and bringing young people in who are passionate and like helping them learn. And the amount of times you'd have someone like I've worked as a barista for eight years, and they're like, I've learned more about coffee in the last month working here with you than yeah. I did in those ten years. And so it's like uh, we're in a tough time after COVID with filling filling roles, getting people that want to be there, working there, 
um, making sure it's a good work environment, making sure that you're offering a, a quality product. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really interesting. And I think there's like a two-part way of like going down the specialty mind and then people also being like, I want coffee that tastes like coffee. Mm. Um, and you see a lot of cafes now filling that void of having that darker roast blend, that that thing that kind of scratches that chocolatey, mm. chocolatey coffee um, thing, which I think there should be room for all of it. Um, do, you, do you have anyone you look up to as a content creator or as an authority in coffee like that sort of not molded your videos or what you're doing, but like you look to for inspiration or you kind of think, oh, that, that's great. Or like you, you even learn from. Yeah. Because like you said before, like it's a continuous journey. You never stop learning. Yeah. And I, you know, obviously all the coffee, I think because I'm in coffee content creation, I love all the creators out there and doing different Things so you watch Lance, you watch um, Hoffman, um, good mates with Tanner, who's over big in the states, Tanner Colson. Um, so I'm following all that but because I'm in coffee. I feel like it's just this world that I'm in. It's this endless loop. I've always really looked up to, and it's something that I kind of want to look at with Golden Brown and outside of Golden Brown. I've always loved like um, the the Bon Appetit. Uh, test kitchen which has had i mean originally when i was watching it you know you had like molly baz and a few of those kind of people in there working with food um but i like the idea of um one kitchen or one workspace like i love the idea of golden brown maybe expanding to like a few different baristas or a different you know kind of stories or elements to tell as we kind of build that out and maybe that's more on youtube but i've always thought that, that was a really good model um to kind of build off um and i think it's something that i'm kind of looking at trying to replicate myself you're in a um you bring up food let's touch on food for a second here you're in like the sweets confectionery capital of melbourne in this area you know you, you mentioned before you've got gelato coming out of the wazoo around here so you've got the um you've got piccolina is it fluffy torpedo is that the name of it i think the new one that's just opened up on smith yeah 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 they've Can't got some the exact name but yes they got they got the some wild they've got like all the wildest flavors there. yeah they got one that was like uh dolce de leche and bacon or yeah something it's one other. of those places where they're like they've got like the five hits and then they've just got like the ones where it's like vegemite and tofu or like yeah. whatever you know it's like I'll never try that, but good on you. Yeah, yeah, um, do your thing. Cheetos and whatever yeah, and ice and cream. Messina, they've got the number one ice cream in the in the world, in my opinion, and that is the super dolce flavor. Oh, um, delicious. And then what were you saying about Peter Pippa? They've got like a little lamb. I think it's Peter Pippa that they've set up like their new like lab. It's like that kind of, you're in a big glass box with marble everywhere and everyone's wearing like little chef hats and aprons and traveling around. So I think they've got like their new workshop there. Mm. I think that's where it is, yeah. My personal kryptonite right now is shortstop donuts. Oh. Have you ever had one? Mate, oh, uh, I hate to say, delicious, amazing. You know what I cracked into the other day? What? Just the classic Coles donut. The old oh, uh, you did. chocolate strawberry. And I was always thinking it was banana. Is it pineapple, the third, the yellow? Oh, I can't remember. I think it might be pineapple. So it was just the classic, like, I was walking through the bakery section <laughs> at Coles and uh, someone had mentioned donut and I was like, Got to get some of these. And you know what? Holds up. If you're living in Melbourne or Sydney uh, or you're travelling here, hey, you're going to Sydney this weekend, yeah. uh, and you find yourself near a shortstop donuts uh, dispensary, let's call it, yeah. um, <laughs> get yourself a maple walnut and brown maple butter. Uh, and, you know, Uncle Kirk says you should. So please, go and do it. I'm absolutely going to do that this weekend. Yeah. Um, now, I should ask you some more golden brown questions. What? How do you um, how do you adapt with the sort of changing algorithms and 
and sort of rules on YouTube. So like I always hear there's rules changing on Instagram for content creators. There's rules changing on YouTube, SEO, all that sort of stuff. Do you keep up with that? Do you have a plan for that? Do you manage that? What do you do? Um, I like to think, um, you know, it's funny. You hear a lot of people complaining about that. I've just kind of stuck true to the the idea of adding value. And um, luckily I've, you know, been taught how to write a story and how to structure it and how to kind of have the ebbs and flows and the hooks and all that kind of stuff. So I have that benefit, but if I'm creating value, it doesn't matter where it is. And I'm not, if TikTok shut down tomorrow and you lost those, you know, 350,000 followers or whatever, whatever, whatever the next thing is, I'm happy just to be on a platform where I'm just communicating and doing something. So um, I haven't paid too much attention to it. I definitely pay attention to, what works and what people like, but I feel like that's more of an indicator of like what people are interested in, not what platform I'm on. What, um, what is, what does your week look like in terms of planning? You don't have to give away all your tips and tricks here, but like I'm I'm, open book. I'm a notoriously unorganized person and I would love to be better. I feel like I'd be so successful if I was better. Um, what from, I, I don't know, day one of the week. So let's say Monday, how do you plan out your week? You've got X amount of content to shoot. You've got your agency coming up. You're, you know, you're doing things on multiple different platforms. You've got to get the joint clean. You've got to enjoy, it. You've got to enjoy yourself. Um, how do you do it? I mean, look, it, both for shooting content and for starting a small business, it's tough and it's a learning curve because often a lot of us have like we've trained or learned in one side. So the start, it was very slapdash. It was... We were basically filming once a day and editing once a day and just doing things as they kind of came at us day by day. Um, Same with trying to set up a business and work out how the accounts works, how to set up, you know, tax stuff, how to register your business and do all that kind of stuff. Now we're at a stage where, um, you know, you just learn over that time. We're now two years into the business. um, And now a week looks like Monday mornings, we have our whip, our work in progress. So nine o'clock every Monday. we And that's a hard must attend? Yeah. Yeah. That's a hard must attend, set up. Everyone has their tasks for the week, what they're going to be accountable for, what they're doing. And then we have our calendar set up with all of the tasks that need to happen within the week. And every staff member will have that kind of jotted out for where they need to be and what they need to be doing. Um, then for content, it's now gotten to the point where we have our Friday day is our just content day for golden brown, whether that means TikTok, Instagram, whatever. Um, we just shoot that day. And it's always a nice way to end because we're, we're filming, we're having fun, and then you can log off for the week. And we have this, we have what we call the eight and eight rule where we go either you come in on a Friday and you either create eight pieces of content or you work eight hours, whichever comes first. So the other day we just wanted to get out and we were like eight or eight and we were like, get in at nine, like, let's just go. Let's mm. just do it. And by one thirty, we'd shot eight pieces of content. We're like, we're done for the day. Let's go out. Wow. We're out. We're done. Don't you think that's something all businesses should apply? Absolutely. If you get the work done, I've never understood this kind of thing. It's like if you don't get the work done, you need to work. But if you can get the work done in a, you know, in a good manner and making sure that it's done properly, then why not get it done and go enjoy yourself? Mm. I, I feel like that's something that... Uh, where did you learn the eight and eight rule from? Is that something you developed or? I don't know if he took, that was Sonam, uh, my business partner. He came up with that. He just, he messaged me on the Thursday. He's like, tomorrow we're doing it. He goes, eight, eight and eight. He goes, either eight videos or eight hours, whichever comes first. I don't know if he heard that somewhere. I feel like he just came up with it, but it's good. I yeah. like it. 
And uh, one, one thing I was actually talking to Jamie Thompson about uh, I found interesting is that you actually have a large audience abroad. Is that correct? Yes. So we actually are about to start roasting in the US um, mm. in the next month. We've got all the coffee shipped from Brazil. It's all there, ready to go. Because we just, as we were building our audience, because it's you know so universal teaching people coffee, we just realized our American audience was growing at a similar rate to our Australian audience, especially on it's different on platforms. Unlike TikTok, I think I, you know it's a lot of Australians, um, but then on Instagram, it's the same amount of Australians as Americans and that kind of stuff. And we're like, well, if we can get our exact same shot coffee shipped over there, um, work with the roastery, we've working alongside them here to make sure it's the same and doing it all. So, yeah, we're just um, going to start shipping it over in the States. But, yeah, we've got over in the States, UK, um, where else there's a lot in, obviously, New Zealand, Singapore, um, Greek. I did. It's so weird. You can also see the different demographics when you do mm. certain videos. So mm. one of the dumbest videos I've done, did you see when there was the big capybara trend on, on TikTok? No. So there I was, don't have TikTok. Okay, there you go. So... Basically, everyone got obsessed with the animal of capybara, which basically looks like a wombat that swims, um, and it jumps in. And there was a song that went capybara, 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 <laughs> and it was just that song on repeat with capybaras jumping in water, like just these weird, cute animals. And that went haywire. And so I just was like, "Oh, it kind of sounds like cappuccino." So I just recorded a song that went cappuccino, 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 cappuccino. And for whatever reason, it was doing fine. It was doing all right. Then it just went boom and went up to like a million views, had like thousands of reels made with the audio. And I looked at like the, the stats and it was all from Greece. And I was like, why do people in Greece love the cappuccino song? Mm. Do they have capybaras in Greece? <laughs> why is it taking off in Greece? So it's so weird seeing what videos um, just take off in different countries. It's interesting because you can look at the – I can even look at the insights for um – for, for this, yep. so you, you, you go on SoundCloud, or whoever hosts your RSS feed, whatever it is, and you can, you can assess the stats and whatnot. Um, yeah, I find it really interesting. Like we've got people that listen to this in Saudi Arabia, uh, Chile, Big coffee um, fans in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I feel like um, I feel like the Middle East is kind of like interesting. Interestingly enough, and I, I think I might have already told the story on this podcast, but I went to um, Brazil a few years ago and went to see a guy called Luis Palo who. Uh, I think you might own Carmo coffees. Um, mm. They produce some of the best coffee in Brazil in the Monte Jacura region, which is like a higher elevation region in Brazil. So you get a, you get a bit more complexity in the coffees yeah, than you would. A bit more um, floral or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a bit more fruit. Um, and, yeah, and I, I, I was cupping coffees on the table and I couldn't believe what I was trying. I was like, well, why, I've never seen this in Australia. And he's like, oh, yeah, we just, they sell a lot to the Middle East. So the best of the best coffees... Um, you know, un- understandably, they've got the money. Um, they, we didn't even see them in Australia. Yeah, mm. it's crazy. So, I mean, I, I was lucky enough to try the um, the Pan- best of Panama number one from Proud Mary. Oh. Um, this is a cool. This is something cool. Um, Did you get that for free? Yes, oh, uh, and God. it was two hundred bucks a pop for yeah. everyone else. But what had happened was because was that the two, was that two thousand six hundred a kilo or something? Something stupid at sale. Um, at, yeah, auction. Yeah, congratulations to the to the Harbin fan, family for selling that though. That's yeah. you know good on them. Um, but and and for winning it. They're, they're great. That you, you've had a copy from Finger Hartman before. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. unbelievable! Unbelievable. Uh, top 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 five. I think I had one. Yeah, they're proud Mary two days ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're, they're, they're doing absolutely wonderfully well. 
Um, but yeah, so someone had done like a pay it forward. So you know how people like buy the coffee and the <clears throat> give it to the next guy. And like, yep. Anyway, so um, someone, a affluent client of Proud Mary said, hey, I'd like to pay it forward on this coffee. And, they, and for, for, for whatever reason, they chose me to be the drinker. And I was like, you know what? That's awfully flattering. Very floral. Very, very floral. It was a natural coffee, but it tastes like a wash coffee. Oh, amazing. Yeah, so... I'm jealous. I want to try it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, you know, it's. It, it, I drank it maybe six months ago, so I, I can't even remember when. But, yeah, it was it was very, very lovely. And thank you to, to Brody from Proud Mary for sharing that. Well, Proud Mary, if you want me to drink it on the channel and send one my way and talk mm. about it, then feel free. Okay, Nolan Hearth, listen up. Yep. Do you know Nolan? Uh, I know. I have... Haven't met him, no. I'd love Don't to get him on the podcast. Yeah. Nolan, if you're listening for the fifth thousandth time. Nolan, please. get on the pod, mate. Get on the pod. You, I'll do a, I'll do an Instagram just calling him out. Yeah, it's okay. Like, get on the pod. Yeah, all right. Well, all right. That that, that might bring me in. I'd be like the wrestling here. Hey, I'm calling you out. <laughs> do you I, do you follow wrestling, boxing, UFC at all? Uh no. I, I when I was a kid I was big into like the WWF's transition to WWE mm. and all that. But, D Generation uh, X. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Bam. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, that was that was right in my right in my era. I've got to say, I I, I got a bit crick, uh, crook of a Christmas times. I was unwell and I was watching YouTube videos at home. And um, Chael Sonnen, he was a UFC fighter, but he was like the the ultimate trash talking wrestling heel. He's just oh god, he amazes me. After all his fights, he just instantly calls someone out. He's like <laughs> one of his fights is like Anderson Silva, you absolutely suck. And Anderson Silva was like the greatest middleweight fighter yeah. of all time who would absolutely kick his ass um yeah. it, it was so funny doing but, the whole media the media side of things get yeah well, well he was like he was like one of the highest uh drawing ufc fighters ever and like to his credit he fought some of the best fighters ever got his head beaten in and kept going back for more to, <laughs> so he could make more money and he's made a tremendous amount of money i think he's probably got a sufficient amount of brain damage you see yeah. the way he conducts himself these days he's very funny but um yeah, if you're into the UFC, Charles Sonnen. Um, so I, I guess you kind of answer my next question. Where is your biggest audience? We'd have to say um, the US. Yeah, well, mm. outside of outside Australia, of Australia, yeah, yeah. Outside of Australia, it goes US and then uh, the UK. And what's 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 next for Golden Brown? You've got and and beyond that, what's some things that you'd like to do? So you've got the sort of PR agency, would you say, or uh, more of a content creation or digital production agency and that kind of thing? But it's mainly just like targeted in food. So there's also the side of like just developing golden brown, or even outside of that, if there's like a, a bigger header brand which is about food and that, we're looking at hiring some food content creators to come in and work for us as well. So dabbling into that side of things as well. We're just setting up our new studio at the moment, which we'll hopefully do events and that kind of stuff with. So we want to team up with different chefs, different um, baristas. Different hey, people. I'll put my hand up. I'll come. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. We'll have like some parties down there. Um, you know, anyone that's listening that wants those kind of opportunities or wants to partner up, let us know. Um, so that's kind of that next thing. We've got the States about to launch um, we really want to start getting our more long-form YouTube content up. Um, we're just at the point now of hiring more people and just freeing up more time to be able to do those things. How many people do you employ? There's, um, I think there's about five. Wow. Five now. Wow. Yeah. So uh, two of them part-time, two full-time, then there's Sonam and I. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many is that? I don't know. Maybe maybe that's six. six. Yeah, somewhere around there. <laughs> it's 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 six o'clock. This is well past doing, yeah. <laughs> doing proper yeah. math uh, time. 
And so you've got that. Any, any, anything else that is on the horizon? Um, no, that's, that's pretty much it. Just trying to, um, you know, really get a solid footing on all those kind of things. Like I said, we've got the tamp mat extending in the cup ranges, all that kind of stuff. I mean, at some point we'll want to do, you know, a cafe or a shop front. It's just thinking about what that experience is because we have so much stuff of like, is it somewhere where you can do coffee training where we have all the home machines and you can come in and literally learn while you're in there um, as you're grabbing the coffee and doing that kind of stuff. Um, uh, yeah, working on those kind of partnerships and, um, you know, extending and working with different food partners and all that kind of stuff. And it's great. Through Golden Brown, we've had everything from, you know, um, the coffee companies, coffee machines, Puck Press, but then also other brands reaching out. Like, you know, we've had reach um, call-outs from M&M's, uh, really? Brings, uh, Liquor 43, which is like a liqueur and that kind of thing. So different things in different worlds are starting to pop up um, that are kind of cool opportunities and, and you know, maybe there's that chance to, to just work in food and content and, um, you know, kind of expand those horizons there. Do you, uh, do you follow coffee competitions much? Uh, like, uh, you know, when Mice was on, I go down and I kind of like followed, you know, a few of the people this year, but not not super deep into it. Well, we just had, um, oh, just a few days ago, we had Borum from Brazil, uh, became the World Brister Champion. Yep. And was Very- he using the uh, the ice method, was that? Uh, he was. He was using, yeah. uh, uh, what do you call it, extract chilling? Yeah, extract chilling. Extract chilling, yep. using the uh, the project, uh, Paragon? the nucleus. Yep. Um, I can't keep Is up. It Paragon? With- um, yeah, Paragon is the brewing thing, oh, but okay. they call it, uh, I, don't, I think it might have been the Paragon Balls. I think it's called the McShiny or something. <laughs> Maybe, uh, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have a clue. I can't keep up with it all. Shiny Balls. Shiny Balls. Um, <laughs> shiny Balls that make your coffee taste good. Um, I mean, now, now there's some marketing. Yeah. Now that's a product I can get behind. That's what they should name it. Just shiny like, Balls. Uh, shiny Balls that make your coffee taste good. I mean, I think people would be much more like into it, mm. you know. Yeah, keep it simple. Keep it simple. See, Bit of innuendo does, doesn't does, hurt. Any- does what it says on the box. Uh, <laughs> Hugh, if you're listening, yeah. uh, we want to cut if you change the name of the product. Yeah, Hugh Kelly, that's you. Yeah. Um, then we had Daniel from uh, Italy, very nice guy, yeah. uh, came second. And then our very own, yep. Jack third Simpson, place. I saw that. third place. Yeah. Congratulations and to that's Jack. That's from Axel, right? That's from Axel Coffee yeah, Congratulations, mate. Yeah, they've done tremendously well. He'll yeah. be... I'm, he hasn't agreed to it, but he's coming on this podcast. Oh, mate, yeah. he has to come on the podcast. He, he has to come on the podcast. And, well, he's, and also now he also has to come and do a video with Golden Brown. So it's all locked in. Hey, yeah. I'll, I mean, happy to make the connection there. I mean, yeah. I mean I'm sure it's already there. But um, yeah, Jack, you've heard it here first. Um, and, you know, he, he's, uh, his colleague Anthony, uh, an ambassador for Lama Zocco as well. So I'm sure he'll be down. World yeah. Barista champion. He's got some credentials. Yeah, well, uh, tell them to come and make their signature drinks here. We'll go do it. Do it on the channel. Yep. All right. Cool. Done. I'll uh, I'll pass that on, and th- they'll they'll probably listen to this and 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 uh, and and pass that on. Um, and then a few questions for you before mm-hmm. we sign off. Yeah. Um, what are some of your favorite videos that you've made? So I've got two. So obviously oh. the 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 one about the milk foam levels all being the same. And then there was one about frozen coffee that you did that I got a lot of um, a lot of people send my way and call me out for, and they're like, "Hey, what do you think about this?" And I was like, "Yeah, checks out. He's doing a great job." Um, <laughs> what are some of your favorite videos that you've made? Um, and what are like the top three most popular of all time? Ooh, okay. So my favorite videos, the ones that I always like the most, are always the ones that probably do the worst. Um, <laughs> just because it's like a, it's like my own personal thing that I want to do. One that was great was just the um, cookie coffee cup, where 
I made a, a cup that was a cookie and then filled it with like a chocolate ganache, like hard <laughs> ganache, froze it and then poured coffee in it. And it was, it was like amazing. It was like one of those things, not where you're just doing it for camera. I was like, this is actually delicious. And if it was easy enough to replicate, if I had a cafe, I'd, I'd want to do that. So that was um, a lot of fun. The ones that you talk about um, have all been good. Uh, the best ones performance wise, I think one of the first ones that really took off and I didn't even want to post it cause I thought it was like too long and rambling, but I just did a video on like how to tamp. Um, <laughs> and just went through how to tamp and I think on TikTok that was our first big hit that was like 5.4 million. Wow. Um, I, the, the other ones that did well, there was like two in a row. We did, um, a cafe bonbon and a barraquito, which are both like layered coffee drinks with condensed milk, coffee, um, a bit of like lime zest, cinnamon, that kind of thing. And then the Barraquito is a similar thing, but with liquor 43, which is why they ended up reaching out. And I think both of those got somewhere on Instagram, of like five, six million. And then a weird one that we did that was just like, sometimes on the channel, I'm like, this has nothing to do with coffee, but I'm just doing it because um, it's funny, is uh, I saw Tom Hanks was on like a talk show and he doesn't really drink that much. And so they'd won an award or something. He was in an award show and um, everyone was passing around champagne and he was drinking his Diet Coke and he drinks Diet Coke because he's got diabetes. And he said, heck, toss a bit in there and give me a bit of the champagne in the Diet Coke. And he said, put it in there and my gosh, it tasted pretty good. And we passed it around the table and um, everyone thought it was pretty good. And he called it the, uh, was it the, uh, the diet, diet cocaine, which is, <laughs> you know, a little shifty, but Diet Coke and champagne put together. And so I was just like, hell, we're going to try it on the channel and just do that. Um, we did, and then I, I took the twist of, I was like, you know what, this needs it needs a little bit of orange, so I did a little bit of orange zest. Of course, I got roasted by the internet, like, oh, yeah, an orange peel really did a lot to it, you idiot. All right, well. You know, there's a, there's a drink in Melbourne that's gone viral at a place called Good Measure, customer yep. of mine. Um, they were in, in Carlton, so they make filter coffee, fill it with ice, and then do a layer of, like, lightly whipped cream with orange zest on the top. Have you seen it? Oh, yeah, I have, mm. and there's another one that we've, we've um, tried as well, which we've... Made in like there's one that's going crazy like the tiramisu one. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. And then Patricia doing this like affogato thing. I've 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 heard about online. I was in there the other day and I was saying, yeah, this is doing tremendously well. We sell like hundreds a day because it blew up on TikTok. So I was like, good on you. Yeah. Um. So that's the one that makes me sad when something goes crazy and then I don't have the shop front (laughs) to have everyone come in and have it. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, definitely check out Good Measure. Um. In in Carlton, I mean, they're they're just absolutely smashing it nowadays. So yep. good on them, and and Patricia always have smashed yep. it. Sorry, I interrupted you. Um, no, 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 that was it. Yeah, all right, that was it. Now, what I do want to ask before I go, what are like your top three best coffees of all time? Have you got top three? Can you name them? Of just like the actual coffees of like where what, you were, what it was, who okay. made it. Um, yeah, I mean the 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 best ones that I've had is like I first had a um, a gesher at um, Proud Mary, and I remember that just being that first time, and I remember us sitting there being like T two seven two two, like the the strand of the species or whatever, mm. or the variant, sorry, of like what it was, and I remember I think I was with Mike and having that kind of thing, and obviously like those kind of moments were kind of big. The other one, um, these are just these are the coffees that kind of changed my perspective on what I was having and like doing it. Uh, I think everyone's first Ethiopian, like, um, oh, was it like a blueberries? Gucci? Yeah, well, yeah. you're having blueberries, like, oh my god, my coffee tastes like blueberries, and that would have been like early on um, in the you know snow pony days. Of, you don't quite get that anymore from Ethiopian coffee, I've noticed. 
they're they're still out there. I feel like there's just like the less mm. there's like different. There's I feel like at one point we just had all the same coffees everywhere, like the yeah. same Ethiopians in every single coffee shop and that kind of thing. Um, and uh, I mean, I've had some like cupped some like low grade mm. <laughs> Ethiopians. Whereas that funny thing, the funniest thing with like low grade coffees is you can have some. You see where the defects are, like maybe it just falls off a cliff, or maybe it has like a weird aftertaste or whatever it is. But you can be like. This is still a good teaching coffee. Like there's Ethiopians you have where it's just like floral, punching blueberries at the front, like so, and then there's like a taint at the end or like whatever, it doesn't taste great. But I'm like for a low-scoring coffee to introduce this to people, you know, who are trying to get into specialty coffee, I'm like it's still an interesting coffee to have and you still get everything that you're meant to um, from that region area. Um, And then another one that was just like um, getting into that first stage of like funky, weirder coffees was – I could be completely wrong with this because it's probably 12, 13 years ago. I think it was a Wahana estate and um, I think it was Indonesian. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that checks out. Yeah, and it was just like plum, pineapple, funky, bomb in your face. And that was like – I'd had like the singles where you're like, oh, it's floral and it's fruity and that. But that was the first one where I was like it coated your mouth. It was thick. It was aggressive. It was like slapping you and telling you that it was there. Mm. Um so yeah, those are those are kind of the big ones, and then you know, then there are like there's so many interest like weird ones now. It's like such a weird world of like um, experimental fermentation. Experimental. I had one the other day that was like fermented in peaches and you know whatever. Mm. Um, uh, and we've had some like Chinese coffees that were like double anaerobic yeast something something you know mm. um, that were super wild and you know again it's that it's that area that I sit in you know that we kind of go with. Um, with uh, golden brown coffee where it's like, Hey, whatever floats your boat in whatever area that you want to do, do it. That's yeah. fine. Do your thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what, I, that's what I really like about you from A to Z. There's really anyone, everyone can get something from your channel. Not every video might not be their thing. Then um, you'd see that in the stats and you know, that that's just life, but like everyone can get something from the golden brown coffee channel. That's what I really like about you. We're about to sign off, but I did want to shout out to a few people. Young Bayek, who uh, won the World Cup Tasters Champion Championship. He's Australian, yep. very good friend of mine. Yep. Uh, congratulations to him. Congrats, mate. Uh, we already touched on Jack. Congrats again. And then Tom Hutchins, who was the Australian Brewers Cup Champion. Um, Brewers is like the most competitive competition of all of them. It's I'd tough. say that's the hardest one to win, yep. just because there's no clear-cut path to victory. Like Same with, same with the Barista in it, uh, to an extent as well, but... Brewers is the hardest one to win because there's so many more people competing in it. So numerically, it's it's harder to win. So he didn't make the top six, but um, I'm, I'm sure he put in a hell of a hell of an effort, and his coffee was great as well. So congrats to him. Um, <clears throat> we we the bell. We got to get the oh, bell. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you for listening. This is this is going to be the first one released in. Um, oh, congratulations to Kai Jansen too for producing the World Brist uh, Championship winning coffee. Love you, man. Um, all right, so we're gonna we're gonna start off. We'll say take all. Then we'll, then we'll then you're gonna yeah, be you're gonna do your thing. Thank you so much for having me on for the first episode and coming back. Uh, it was a pleasure. It was a blast. No, thank you so much for just saying yes. I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna hit up the Golden Brown Coffee guy. Of course, and we man. we'd never met before today as well. So never. we know. just heard it, heard about each other through the grapevine through yeah. mutual friends through Jamie. Jamie Thompson was the big one. Who's like my he was my coffee mentor and like. 
um, idol that I looked up to. There's a tip for any young barista out there. Just find a mentor that you can work under and find a place where there's someone. Always work somewhere where you're not the best barista. Yeah, okay. That, that is a very, very good tip. Um, and, you know, shout out to Jamie as well. Legendary, He's a legend. I le- love him. Legendary guy. Um, but, you know, more things that have come out of this friendship. We have, uh, you know, Zelda comfort. Like, we can we can exchange Zelda tips. So we, sh- we should even get, like, a chat page going. I was like, yo, submit your Zelda tips here. Um, but I'll Absolutely. We'll get to that. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, it's been a really pleasure. I say stay cool, then you say... Coffee up. <laughs>